Good evening once again. It's been a while. The winter has been long and cold, maybe so much so that I needed to go into a long hibernation myself. But here we are, emerging from the warm cocoon of the den and ready to breathe the fresh air once more. Winter is an interesting time to live by the sea. The tourists have retreated to their homes and it's a much quieter time. Long walks by the seafront, watching the moody waves churning. And it's during these times that much reflection can be done on the year that's just gone by. And it's in this setting and in this mood that tonight's sleep story begins. So let's settle in, get comfortable and begin tonight's journey. Flying Kites Willie's grandfather had flown a kite for him when he was a boy. His eight-year-old eyes marvelled at its jerking movements against the backdrop of sand dunes and the pale blue skies of Banna Strand. And when responsibility for the welfare of this glorious flying machine was placed in his willful hands, the fate of the world itself seemed to balance on the end of that thick piece of string. For two full hours, the boy stood transfixed as he gazed up at the triangular shape, blotting out sky and sun in fleeting moments as it convulsed against the impulses of the wind. That had been many moons ago. Three decades had passed under those southern skies, and the gales of time had blown him gradually eastward. He'd followed the breadcrumbs of employment through Tipperary and Dublin, until finally finding himself on the edge of the Irish Sea, where he could go no further. The green water framing a bitter set of memories for which he had no boat to cross. Breezy and bracing. As Willie approached Bray's Victorian seafront, he repeated that phrase so often used since the time of its construction. Though the wind had indeed picked up as he rounded the corner and took in the wide expanse of the promenade, the low-lying winter sun had mercifully retreated behind the corner of a grey cloud, and a dark cloak fell instantly upon the long concrete path before him. An elderly man sat awkwardly on a bench, surrounded by a small platoon of seagulls, who hungrily eyed the contents of his brown chip shop bag. Brazenly, they had refused to give an inch, despite the close proximity of children's buggies and the heavy footsteps of a jogger. Further down, a large beige dog lay prone upon the concrete, as though sunning himself on the cool winter air, tethered to an equally unkempt and carefree owner. Beyond the blue and red-tipped railings, a group of adults and children stood on the stony beach by the edge of the sea. Willie could see that it was they who had been flying the two kites he had noticed on his way down the hill towards the seafront. Probably a family, Willie thought, 
as he paused and leaned his elbows against the railing. To have the warmth of a child's hand in your own and the unconditional love and trust that such commonplace things provide. Of course, it was not too late for him to find out for himself, but in another sense, it was. Opportunities had risen and fallen like kites in the blustering air above Ireland, and throughout his travels he had seen them soar through the clouds and plummet towards the rocky surface. He had watched their full sails bloom in majestic patterns before their strings entangled and dragged them earthbound in a doomed embrace. And as always, the last of these falls seemed the hardest and the most terminal. Laura's eyes opened along the long, distant blue horizon before him and gazed back at his solitary figure upon the promenade. Her memory had followed him, though her feet had walked away many months ago. Her face would always unspool itself from thin air when his fortunes fell low, and would whisper the sum of his losses to the soft cavern of his ear. They had enjoyed five years in each other's lives in Dublin, and rolled the dice on many potential endings, until finally their number came up. Having seemingly come through the storms in the form of their early day kinks, the arguments that followed, and the bickering of later years, it was their genuine adoration for each other that had navigated their ship to calm waters once more. It seemed to Willie that here at last was a person who both loved and had the measure of him, someone who had never put up with anything less than the best version of himself. And because of this, through her eyes, he would always see that best side of himself reflected. He loved her for this. But time had been a cruel mistress to them both. And as she blew the leaves from their calendar, a distance to him began to grow in Laura's heart. The quirks in his character, which had initially drawn her to him, became irksome and trying. His generosity became to be seen as frivolity. Comments and jest were taken easily to heart, and his affections, once a spark of warmth to her skin, turned repetitive and stale. With the passing of weeks and years, the foundations of all that made them a whole eroded unseen beneath the waterline. Gazing into the wide, flat line of the sea's horizon, Willie felt a single tear slip from his eye and slowly find a trail down his cheek before settling on his upper lip. It was never fair, of course, but no one had ever promised him it would be. Excuse me, mister. A young voice pierced the salty air and startled Willie from his memories dragging him back to the reality of a blustery afternoon in Bray. Tracing the source of the voice, he found that he was being spoken to by a young girl of no more than eight years old. Standing boldly on the promenade, with a hand casually placed on one hip, she tilted her head to one side in anticipation of his response 
while her brown hair blew wildly about in the fresh sea breeze. Can I help you? Willie muttered, still startled by her presence and the invasion of his musings by the water. The girl smiled in her freckled cheeks and stretched her arm towards him with a closed fist. Turning her hand upward, she opened her fingers and revealed a sparkling two-euro coin nestling in her palm. Looking from the coin to the girl's face repeatedly, Willie finally understood why she had spoken to him, and he took the coin from the warm cradle of her hand. Why, thank you, little girl, he croaked awkwardly. Sliding the coin into the side pocket of his heavy winter coat, he found that there was already some smaller change there from his trip to the shop that morning. And so, bringing out a one euro coin, he placed it into the same little hand which had so kindly reimbursed him moments before. And this is for good luck and your honesty. The girl closed her fingers tightly round the coin and smiled through the misty raindrops which had begun to blow about the seafront. Thanks, mister, she squeaked before turning and running back to her mother, who smiled knowingly at him. Watching them stroll away, hand in hand, upon the long and wide promenade, Willie felt alone once more on the edge of the island, the momentary company already in his past. In time, they blurred with a mass of random bodies and dissolved into the mist, their existence now but shadows of his mind. Tenderly, he placed his thumb on the cool metal surface of the coin in his pocket. Turning from the path, Willie cast his eyes once more to the sea. Beyond the children's voices and the trails of swirling kites, Laura's visage simmered in and out of prominence on the grey clouds which clung to the edge of the water. Their last conversation had been brutal but honest. In the final truth of his words, he had opened the exit door of his heart and she had walked through it. Rather than letting her go with dignity, he followed her foolishly and traced her footsteps through their memories. The imprints sank deeply along the warm beaches of Monaco, sometimes veering into the sea so that he thought he might lose their trail. In such moments, he would lie on his back until the French sun slumbered and quenched upon the waves so that he could rewrite their history in the stars. In the morning, he would pick up the scent of her perfume and follow its path along sea and air. He glimpsed her in shadow over happy dinner tables and heard her name on the lips of strangers. He crossed the bridges of Dublin and bothered passers-by to know if they had seen her walk that way, if they had heard her footsteps, if they could stop and listen to him for a moment. If they could only look at him closely, they may see her reflection in the watery globes of his eyes. He followed this trail over mountains and years, until one day he found only himself, an ugly and barren thing, hollowed and aged by the weight of his journey. 
placing his hand back into the side pocket of his winter coat, Willie felt the cool surface of the two euro coin and wrapped his fingers around the gentle innocence of its new meaning to him. He had been only the girl's age when his grandfather had brought him to a beach like this to fly his kite. The grey air hung freshly about them, like Bray was stretching out to sea today. He remembered asking his grandfather how to control the kite's movements in the gusts. And the man smiled with his kind eyes and told him such things were often impossible to do. And so he let the kite find its own path and it swirled above the water and sand, dropping and climbing over rooftops and chimney stacks. He watched as it soared above the well-footed pathways and seafronts of his life, so brilliant, bold and colourful, at the mercy of the wind.